leader's garment. <laughs> Quite happy. It's alright, isn't it? Looks looks pretty good in that bad boy. Excellent, I think the word you're looking for is. Look at that thing. Looks beautiful. Done. Beautiful. Welcome back to the OTB podcast, the original and still the best New Zealand mountain bike podcast. Got a historic moment here this week, boys. Um, obviously, in the co-host seat as always, uh, Red Dog. Um, iconic t-shirt you got there, Red Dog. I explained earlier, Kerry, if you're going to start trying to monetize this through YouTube, I'm going to start wearing some uh, sort of 2010-spec memorabilia from your glory days. Uh, that's actually 2009. Even that's um, oh, of course, that's yeah, impressive. Of course, it is. Of course it is. Seriously impressive stuff. Had to dig it out from the back of the back of the. Well, let's be honest, I wear it all the time. But yeah, <laughs> it's from the Here front of the drawers. You wear that. You wear that to bed, don't you, Red Dog? That's your. That's your sexy nightwear. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Fantastic. No. Uh, also joining us, Chris Vandekoop, Lester Perry, boys. Welcome back. It's good to have the whole band back together. Hey, gents. Feels like it's just been yeah, it's a slowly days. sip on your tea and not really do anything. This has got this has started off real well. Uh, thank you very much, Kieran. It's lovely to be here. It feels like just two days ago that we were all hanging out together in Queenstown, eating curry and drinking beer and not doing a lot of mountain biking. Um, but what a pleasure to be back uh, to fill our listeners' ear holes with. More rubbish chat. It felt like we did everything but mountain bike in the weekend. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, you know what? We probably spent. In fact, I can I can quantify this. We definitely spent more time watching mountain biking on the TV than we did doing mountain biking. Yeah, a hundred percent. We did. You hit that one right on the head. So we might need to work on that for next trip. Maybe we won't go to a bike race. We'll just go mountain biking instead. I reckon. But um, it's a good idea. This is a uh, historic moment for the OTV podcast because this is going to be our first uh, recorded podcast officially for YouTube, for our brand new YouTube channel. So if you want to Thanks watch to us. Thanks to Byron Scott who just, yeah. who just chipped away until KB started a YouTube channel. Yeah. So it happened uh, literally over the, over the course of a couple of beers, Karen started a YouTube channel. Yep. Straight from the phone. Uh, so if you do want to watch us and not just listen to us, um, you can find us on uh, at the OTB podcast on uh, YouTube also. Somewhere along the lines, in our classic case of technical difficulties, we've already lost Lester uh, less than three minutes into the show, but that's all right. We'll carry on. Fantastic. Hopefully, hopefully we'll find him again at some point. Uh, before we get too far in, though, got to say a quick shout out to uh, our partners of the show. Troy Le Designs, um, Smith Optics, and Filthy Bike Wash. Got codes with those guys. You can save uh, 15% all of them, actually. TroyLeDesigns.co.nz and SmithOptics.co.nz have the same code, which is OTB Podcast. Type that in at checkout, save yourself. And uh, Filthy uses OTB15. So jump in there, support the show, um, buy some merch, like, share, subscribe, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But, uh, so we touched on the fact we all went down to uh, Queenstown last weekend for the National Mountain Bike Champs 
And what is now, I guess, the the third running for you guys of the 26-inch champs, right? Number three in the books? No, it's, That's correct. no number two. For, no, number two. Officially number two. <laughs> because the first year was just Chris and I, and then subsequent years have been Chris and I and some Maybe other people that we know. Yeah. But you know what? It is it is um it is just another year in the books where Kieran dogged the boys. Um but also another year in the books where he added another bike to the collection which he could be racing and oh. didn't race. So Kieran now has three twenty six inch race bikes. That three for three haven't been touched. They'll come out one day. I'm starting to start a leasing program. <laughs> no, you know the rules. Was right. You know the rules. Red Dog, what are the rules on, uh, so on 2,600 bikes sitting in garages? Oh, the the claim rule is in effect. Like, yeah, there's compulsory acquisition. This was, we actually told Connor That's McFarlane right. on Friday when we saw him. Mate, that bike comes out of the shed or we take it from you. Yeah, it's been taken out from underneath you. He didn't yeah. seem too worried. No. Nah. Chris, Chris, under what circumstances is KB actually going to ride like that, that 26 V10? I, I can't, can't work it out. Well, looks good, Michelle. Kerry, but you you didn't ride your downhill bike between last Coronet National Champs and this Coronet National Champs. Is that right? Uh, so from last Coronet National Champs, I did not ride a downhill bike until about two weeks before this race, and I uh, did did some shuttles in Christchurch with uh, Blinky. And then uh, raced the Christchurch National Round. So, yeah, I've raced a downhill bike once in the last 12 months. All right. So it's competing It's competing with that that kind of that high threshold of availability for downhill time. So it's unlikely to ever see actual ride time, Red Dog. I think we should probably put the compulsory acquisition rules into effect pretty soon. I'll tell you what. Um, if anyone if there if is a looking winter... for a, a mint condition 26-inch <laughs> V10 to race next year, I, I know where he could get one. I know That's the it. code too. Damn it! I might have to change that. Awesome. If there the is, if there is a twenty-six inch, I mean, if there is a uh, winter downhill series here in Nelson this year, I promise you, the V10 will get raced. Amazing! You heard it. You heard, heard it. Here, folks. You promise? Yeah. Are you having which V10? The twenty-six inch one. Because I okay. even have a and set of be... wet screams, twenty-six inch wet screams, just in case. Oh come on. <laughs> Will you be fleeing to the islands for the penultimate round, or? Nah, there's no islands trips this year. Did that last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's off. It's out of budget. Get this year. ready, Jake. The, the battle's on. <laughs> we just need a winter series to happen first. Yeah. yeah so, pretty much. That was a minor, minor technical issue. Yeah. Yeah. There's been pretty. It's a pretty sad lack of downhill riding in Nelson these days. There's nowhere to shuttle and nowhere to ride. So, one day. One day the glory days will come back. What Working once on was the powerhouse of downhill? I think I was the only person from Nelson racing at National Champs and downhill. No, that can't be true. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone else. Wow. Was Tim You're Nelson the only Nelsonian? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't looked at the results wow. to confirm this, but I don't even think we really had any juniors or anything down there. That's, that's insane. They're yeah. all into their um, the- false economy racing. No, they're not even get into endurance. What's happened? This, what's happened to Nelson Carey? Put ins and outs. You know, a lot of ins and outs with <laughs> land access issues and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll circle. We'll circle back to that at a later date. We'll take okay. this one offline. 
Let's yeah. well then. Yeah. No, it's it's tough out there. But um so boys, you two both showed up on your um on your zeros for national champs. Was there um actually have you had a look at your times compared to last year? Did you get faster? Yeah, I was two seconds faster. Oh, there you go. I haven't looked. I'm pretty sure I will have been. Um, I was a second back on my seating time, so I wasn't overly happy with my, with my race run. But we felt I felt like we got up to speed a lot quicker this year. Um, yeah. You know, we worked out a lot of the gremlins in the last twelve months. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're operating on a good chassis here. We've got a good program running, and, and so now really, it's just it's it's turn up and ride. Um, it's kind of over to, over to us now. Did um, um did, old on that front, but you know, still. Did you do any uh any testing, or did you ride about the same amount as I have in the last twelve months? About the same that you did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I put um, I pulled it out of the bag uh, about three months after I got home last time, and then it stayed on the wall, and then I put it back into the bag and took it to Queenstown and rode it. Um. And actually, uh, I should have checked whether or not um, I put all the bolts in properly because I discovered mm. uh, going into, I think it was seating, um, that just stem bolts were just loose. So, like, <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, how, that was that's how prepped we were. We were, we were so unprepared mm. this year. Uh, um, you know what you should do is just not take it out of the bag until next year. You should just leave it in there. It's still in the bag, Gary, so that's yeah. likely. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> it's not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, I had good. to didn't, open the box to weekend. get stuff out of it. Uh, we, um, didn't we find one of your pinch bolts as well from your front axle sitting at the condo, Chris? Yeah, but that was more because I'd forgotten that bikes have pinch bolts for axles. So, so they bolted yeah. the axle in and then didn't <laughs> do up any pinch bolts. But literally, I was like, okay, cool. There's axle four goes of in. them there glaring at you. Right. Well, three. <laughs> Technically now three, yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to say a bit of light. And they were at there, me like, when we're in the gondola. <laughs> woefully unprepared. Yeah. Oh, that's gold. Uh so good. I think um I think Byron Scott, who also uh came down with us to bike of the weekend, he had a uh a loner Laha, which was actually um loaned to him by Mark Johnson, okay, punter for the uh, you know for the generation out there that may know him, but it was um, I believe that was actually Cam Cole's bike that he won world champs on in two thousand six as well. So a bit of history. Yeah. It well, was. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually a lot realize of history. that. That's pretty a cool. A lot of history. For sure, yeah. bike of the weekend though. It was a it was a real head turner. There were a lot of lot of folks down there that kind of knew what they were looking at. Yeah. Um, and equal parts like impressed and kind of shocked. Yeah, like is that thing going to survive? that thing. <laughs> yeah. Even when uh, when I was watching up on the hill for race runs, people that were kind of around where I was were like, "Oh, that's a lie. Oh, that's sick." You know, like people knew the history's there. Imagine a lie you- with the finely tuned new um, geometry. You know. Yeah. And a few suspension tweaks would be epic. Actually. Question for you, would Horse have raced that bike? Nah, he wouldn't have raced that at Coronet, would he? Because I think 2006 nah. at Coronet, he would have been on uh, Iron Horse. And then 2007, he probably would have been on an Iron Horse. <laughs> or, no, nah, maybe. Would he? 
maybe you wrote it in 07 or maybe I can't remember, but it would have been on Maxis by 07, but might have to do some research into that one. Uh, we could ask him. He might know. Yeah, we, he wouldn't respond for about another three months, though, because that's <laughs> usually how he goes with when you send him a text. He's a busy man. Well, he was supposed to be there this weekend, but he just, just pulled pin last minute, no word. Yeah, 11th hour, he just disappeared. He was entered, yep. he had flights, and he just never showed up. Just didn't turn Mad up. fail. That's right. It's a man of mystery. Places to be, things to do. But, um, Lester, you raced the cross-country. Did you not learn your lesson last year? Well, I think the lesson I learned last year was to be slightly more prepared than I was last year. And were you? And or I no? think this year I was, yeah. <laughs> I went about it a bit more of a different, you... different approach. Did you learn that lesson before or after you found the crack in your bones? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, no, it was good. It was, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really just one of those days when things go right and nothing went wrong. So, um, and I felt pretty good. I didn't blow myself up within the first one kilometer of the race. So that certainly helped. Um, yeah, we were way faster than last year. Well, I was way faster than last year, like mm, verging on 15 minutes faster, I think. Um, Do you think it backed off, but it had that way less of a climb in it from well, last year? Though, no, right? it didn't necessarily have less climbing at all. In fact, it might have even had probably about the same amount because what you guys wouldn't have seen was the second climb. So right. you went last time all the climbing was in one go. Um well, and that one climb was in one go, but now this time around you went up to that fence, turned off down onto the road, climbed up the road, did a little bit of a jigger across the side of the hill and then hit another like steep as climb um, before you hooked into the XC track and then came back down a section we didn't ride last year. So I'd have to have a check, but I would just kind of tentatively say it would be about the same vert we did last year, I think. Um, yeah, but even so, I mean, it was very a very different ball game. Not being yeah. hot, not having, you know, like the that particular main climb was probably I don't know, like three to four minutes less. Yeah, it was pretty grim than last one year. climb. Yeah, so I think that made a massive difference, which played into my hands a lot better. And I think the other thing was I ran a smaller chain ring, a couple of teeth less, and I just kind of did my own thing. Like I didn't try and chase the dude who ended up winning. Um, and in hindsight, maybe I could have chased him on the first lap, but I don't know what would have happened after that. Yeah. If so I'd known I was second place for you. Yeah, start with second. If I knew that I was going to feel that good come the end, I might have chased him early on. But you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So we had um, um, so we had two two podiums out of the uh, household with Byron winning the Masters forty and the twenty. Oh no, he didn't win the twenty six inch title, um, did he? There was yeah. another guy. So yeah. there was another guy. Weird. Uh, Simon Reid, he won the twenty six national championship. Do we know oh, how much he won by? Let's get him on the... 13 seconds. His, uh, 13 oh. seconds. That is a margin. Yeah, he did, he, he did a 3.9 yeah, eh, on that zero. Jesus. That was some, that was some hill type. 
sort of that margin right there. Fast. Yeah, it's hell, tight, hell east margins. Yeah. Three oh nine, that's rapid. Yeah. Wow. He he seen he was uh he was a younger lad as well, right? It seemed like he, he was racing the twenty six kind of like by choice as opposed to you know, because he he was period correct himself, um, which I <laughs> yeah, think is um, commendable. There were two of them, two young lads on twenty six and five. It's amazing. Yeah, both in, in the senior men class, so they weren't. They were less than thirty, oh, younger than thirty, eh? Because there was another guy on a V ten, wasn't there? Twenty six inch V ten. Mm. Yeah, he didn't officially yep. enter, and I don't know who that was. Did you have official entries, or was it just what you guys picked out of people riding around on? No, you have to enter. No, there's official entries. Come on, mate. There's official entries. What's there? Oh, I didn't pay any attention. Yeah. Right, I didn't pay any attention to that. Yeah, it's you are just the worst, eh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, probably my favourite part of the weekend. Your podcast is the title sponsor, and this is how you treat this race? Unbelievable. My favourite my favorite part of the weekend, I think, was um, doing practice on Saturday morning. It was nice and dry and like good temperature, and then I packed everything up. And then it pissed with rain, and you guys just got <laughs> decimated. Uh, that was fun, though. It was fun. I'm I mean, sure it was. A couple of couple of mud ra- uh, mud laps are a good time. It was, it was character building. Um, it made me cold. feel like a downhiller yeah. again. Yeah, you know, oh, it wouldn't be a yeah. national race without a, a wet one. You know, but man, by race runs on Sunday, you couldn't have even <laughs> you couldn't tell that it even rained. The track was just back to dry again. And that, that track's incredible for that day. Eh? Like, yeah. it was there was standing water all over the track on Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning, it's just perfect. Yeah. By about ten a.m. Sunday morning, it was at its absolute peak, and then it started just drying out. But it was still pretty good. By the time we raced it, it was still pretty mint. Uh, it was awesome. Man, I don't know if you guys caught it, but um, there's a full GoPro run uh, that Lockie Stevens McNabb did from his winning run. And um, did any of you guys any of you guys watch that? I watched the one that he did in his first practice run. Right. So I watched his one and uh, watched it a couple of times actually because he put uh, eight eight and eight and a half seconds into me, I think. Um, and so I started watching it, and uh, I actually worked out where I lost all the time. So you go out of the start gate. And you got that little bit of a drop into the first right-hand turn. Mm. So essentially, mm. straight after you hit that right-hand turn, from there to the finish line, I just lost it there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's still was, a couple of corners in there. <laughs> it was absolutely rapid. I was watching it just like going, holy shit, waiting. There was corners where he was literally bouncing out of them. You can see the way he is like hitting these ruts so hard and like bouncing kind of squared up out of these ruts and into the next like section of the track. And I'm just watching it going like that. I don't have that kind of commitment anymore at 36 years old. That's so I watched his first, if you watched were his first practice track, run, Kerry. Like every weekend, Sorry, like, like a lot of those guys down there do, do you think you'd be able to cover a bit of that gap? Or do you reckon it's just, he's not going any faster than this? Uh... So I ended up on. So for me to cover that gap, you reckon? Yeah, do you reckon wondering? you could close it if you, you know, spent more time on that track? Because a lot of those guys I, that spend a lot of time down there, like it's their backyard track, right? 
it's that kind of track it's uh the more you laps you do on it the faster and faster you get like it's like a slot car track there's actually nothing to it except for just knowing how hard you can hit each turn and memorizing them all but um like i did three three minutes flat essentially um i i definitely think like another couple of days and i'd pull a couple more seconds out of it but I don't think I'd be going down under like a 55 or anything like that. Like that was, that was hauling us. But then there was a few bits I watched of his run and I'm like, just small lines where I'm like, man, that was quite good. He carried quite a bit of speed by just cutting across that section or just doing that. So yeah, it's definitely a few good little lines that you can find in there to, to just go that wee bit faster. Now they're all, they're all mental. I mean, Tyler Waite, under 19 was uh, fastest time of the day. Oh, yeah. he, put, he put like one and a half seconds into Lockie, who won elite. Like, come on. Yeah, that's that's, that's such a good performance, eh? That's unreal. Hey, I he's, don't know. He's got something, eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, we actually, I mean, we saw him do it, put a fastest time of the day a couple of times last year as well, I think. So it's not a surprise. It's not like you're going, Jesus, where did that come from? Um Clearly, Yeti's seen some potential in him to give him one of those like unobtainium Yeti downhill bikes to mm. race on. Um, <clears throat> but you guys probably wouldn't have caught it. But uh, Lockie doesn't actually get to run the national sleeve this year because uh, there's a UCI rule that essentially the under nineteen and elite uh, joined together and this is through cross uh through downhill and cross country it's under 23 and elite but because yeah. an under 19 went fastest time of the day uh tyler will be the only one wearing a national mm. championship sleeve this season so really? yeah wow pretty interesting, interesting one that's that's an interesting one at face value that kind of seems fair because they're on a on the same track. But can you imagine if they had like different race conditions between juniors yeah. and elite and like exactly. get a, a wet race run for juniors? Like that'd be fucked. They should. Um, I mean, if they're going to run it like that, they should, yeah. I mean, still keep the classes separate, but maybe they should, and under 19 and elite should all just be seating together and racing at totally. the same time. Mm. That's the only way that makes it fair, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, you, you mentioned if it poured <laughs> with rain after the juniors and uh, it's a total different, you know, half an hour later, mm. the track's saturated. It's totally different. Mm. It doesn't really make any sense. That would just be a joke, wouldn't it? I mean, the, by doing that, they're effectively saying that under-19s and elite are the same class, right? Like, yeah. it's sort of weird that you would get the title but not the jersey. Who gets yeah. the title? Mm. It's it's pretty weird. Like, mm. um, so here's the rule. In the DHI National Championships, where the elite and under-19 races are run as a combined race, each grade will have separate medal presentations. In the case of an under-19 winning the combined race, only one national championship jersey will be awarded to that rider. In the case of an elite winning the combined race, the winner will be awarded an elite national jersey and the first place under-19 will be awarded with an under-19 national jersey. So... It's, oh, uh, so it's, who is the under? Yeah, that's random, isn't it? So, so that's for the jerseys, but is actually does, sorry. Is Tyler listed as the national champion, or is he the under nineteen national champion? But he gets the elite jersey. I don't really know, to be honest. That's um, that's, that's actually the weird. cycling New Zealand rule. Um, this is the 
this is the UCI rule that I pulled out of the um, out of the book. Uh, basically, except for the World Championships, downhill events are open to all riders aged 17 or over. At the World Championships and the World Cup, separate junior events are organized for the men and women. Um, for all other downhill events on the international calendar, the UCI points are awarded in relation to the rider's time and not their category. To ensure that this rule is correctly applied, only one combined result needs to be sent to the UCI. And then it's got comment. When a junior downhill rider would score the best time at the national championships, he or she must wear the elite jersey. The junior jersey is not awarded in this case. So it essentially sounds like he's the national, is champion. the national champion, whereas it's still obviously Lockie won elite. So it's it's a bizarre rule. And it, I mean, reading the UCI one, it almost sounds like it's based around making life easier for them to award points as to why they've done this for the jersey. Like, it's weird. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so interesting. So does that mean that, a, like, you know, a junior, the whole junior field could get more points than the elite field if, hypothetically, they had, like, a full dry day and then the elites raced yeah. in the pissing rate? That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, really, then, for national champs, the juniors and the elite should be racing at the same time and seated yeah. together into a fair order. Shit, yeah. What about so, two classes? But, you know, about, yeah. Didn't you do that one year, Kerry? Race two classes. Race two races? Yeah, race two classes. don't think so. Blinky and Cam raced the elite raced elite all through the national series, but then they dropped back down to junior for national champs, oh, I that's think. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think. What is the what does the rule book say in the event that two people ride the same bike and win their class, who gets the jersey? The person on the front of the bike or the person on the back of the bike, Karen? <laughs> well what about if it's a um the, what about if they're side by side? And they both cross the line at the same time. Otherwise, it's the person on the front is obviously the first to cross the line, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so if we've got a tandem category at National Champs, um, do the the rules stipulate that it has to be tandem longitudinally or can it be tandem latitudinally? Like, you'd have more, like, probably a lot harder to do it that way, but, you know, is, is there room for experimentation in how tandems can be set up at National Champs? Kerry, your thoughts. Do you think you could get down? No, you probably can get coronet on a side by side. That'd be pretty good. But <laughs> those first few corners are pretty tight. <laughs> what about Maybe if down. it's one in front of the other, but they're both sitting sideways? Are they sitting the same direction? They're and both, one's both facing south. Like <laughs> no, one's no. one's port side, and <laughs> exactly, one's... yeah. Well, that way, one one handles the left hand turns, and the other one handles the right hand turns. What if they rip a big I skid mean, across the finish line so they're both be, like, crossing at the same what time? Would be equally as much of a joke as if somebody racing in tandem made it onto national championship podium. <laughs> This is a trigger warning. This is a trigger warning here. Careful. Careful. Oh, God. I mean, you can't even wear shorts at a fucking downhill race anymore, but you can turn up and race a oh, tandem. We, we tried, Kerry. We, we asked Derek. We, it. Uh, we asked Derek. We tried oh, to mention it. I mean, it's the most ironic thing that Derek had zip-off pants on. So he could he oh. could he could change the shorts at any moment. <laughs> he was ready for the yeah. rules. He was almost taunting us. He was taunting us. It was. It was laughing at us. 
I rolled into the start gate for my seating and race run with my full sleeve, my full length sleeve jersey rolled up above the shoulder, uh, elbows, not the shoulders, the elbows. And no one said a word. So I wore a short sleeve. It's ridiculous. Uh, in in fairness, I don't think anyone's looking too closely at the at the Masters one cast. No. Do we need to um, have yeah. a little talk and let the listeners know who Derek is? Because he's become somewhat of a infamous icon of the sport in New Zealand. Oh, I mean, man, he's been a commissaire since we were racing as juniors. Like, Christ, he... Yeah. We went to Mount Buller Oceania's in 2005, and he was, like, something to do with mountain bike New Zealand, I think, even at that point, and he was, like, the team manager that took us all over there. Like, that guy's seen some shit. I can't believe he's still around. No, it's just strange that he would be so into it still after all this time. Actually, here's another one for you. I mean, this is before my time, but um, Mont saint Anne World Champs, I think they were like 98, maybe. Um, he was the team manager for the New Zealand team there as well. No way. Yeah. No way. Was it... Um, I bet, I bet was there's it, something mm, written in the, in the Cycling NZ handbook that stipulates that Derek has to be a common seer at a New Zealand Mountain Bike event. So like, it's not even a case if he wants to be. <laughs> It's in the rule book. And because he is such a stickler for the rules, he's then sticking to that. Yeah. He's got to do so it. Just he lives security. his life. He lives his life by the UCI rule book. <laughs> How do you um, think Derek felt when he saw Byron Scott roll up on a 20-year-old Laha? Trigger. He's probably yeah. he's been in counselling as soon as yeah. he got home. He's <laughs> <laughs> come back to get me. Oh, God. He's come back to haunt. That poor uh, guy. I wonder how he got into it. How do you think Derek got into it? I would need to do a podcast on. with him. It's, um, honestly, he has been around for that long. He's like from a racing angle, man, he would have seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. years that you- we haven't been involved, he's obviously still been there. Yes. Do you think he's-, he's actually watching the racing? like, Or is he just just making sure that the rules are being kept to, you know, he's, he's, I'd he's say sort of not just- actually there for the racing. He's just kind of sleeves. Short sleeves, a the only, tandem, the only place tandem, I saw him at the race was at the bottom of the chairlift. Um, having a Coke. Yeah, and also at the top yeah, of the, the chairlift. The top is having a Coke. Also having, having a Coke. Coke. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> just on a slight aside, at the start of the cross country, when we were all um, kind of getting gridded up, getting in the call up, they were scanning bikes with their fancy iPad no. um, looking for motor scanning. No. Yeah. Jeez, what? good thing I didn't show up on my zero. secret one. <laughs> I know, I was just laughing. I was like, what are you guys up to? No one here is, no That's one amazing. in like, I mean, the guy made a point. He was like, well, the last person who got caught out was racing a junior cyclocross. I think it was, it was a few years ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Has that actually happened? Yeah. Has someone yeah. been yeah. caught for motor doping? Young yeah. Belgie, yeah. M. Van Impel, was that her? Something like that. Maybe I think I'm it was. Well. It was like it was quite a few years ago, like maybe yeah. 10, maybe going on ten years ago, like quite a while ago. But um, apparently, her brother was caught for doping as well. Um, it's in the family. Yeah. So anyway, wow. yes. So watch out, everybody. Cycling New Zealand um, have a scanner. That's hilarious. That was. Oh yes, that was twenty sixteen. So yeah, it's actually it's actually come back a while ago now. 
Oh, was it twenty sixteen that she got busted? Yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah, was, not, not quite. No, it was twenty. Years. It was twenty fifteen. The ban is backdated to October eleventh, twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah not far off. Would have been pretty crap back then, eh? It would have been terrible. I don't know what they would have been getting out of it because mm. batteries and motors were pretty shit back then. Yeah. But, um, that's that's great though that they were scanning a um like masters and sport bikes in uh in New Zealand National Rift. Yeah, let it be noted though, they didn't scan the winner of Masters Bikes, so um, Oh Yeah. If any if anyone is gonna be um like motor doping, it's gonna be in the Masters class or the Masters two class. hundred percent. Like overly competitive old boys that get also have the resources to do something as crazy as fucking find a bike they can get a tiny motor inside yeah totally it's like, it's like stories of, of like old boys and like um senior road racing just doping up to the gills because they just have to win yeah, yeah. there's definitely some stories around for sure <laughs> oh that's great um anything else on national champs there's nothing else like the girls on my head oh i nearly broke my i nearly Oh, ended yeah, my life. This is a story to. So we were sitting in the cafe on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. Waiting for the rain to go. And we were talking to. His name Jacob Josh. Turner. Jacob Turner. Jacob. Who had on Thursday broken his handlebar off the big send, well, the big ish send, high speed sender at the bottom of the cross country track. And he had ended himself. He was knocked out for four minutes. He looked like someone um, had just beaten his face into a pole. Yeah, yeah how was, long after that four months did he see him? Because he didn't look like he was in a good way. That was a couple nah, of days before. That was a couple of I thought was still Thursday, apparently. So anyway, he was looking really bad, and I was like, oh, my bars are pretty old on my bike. And by this point, I think I'd already raced. And then Sunday morning, I got yeah, up yeah, yeah. when you boys were heading up for practice, and I thought, well, I'll ride up to the top of um, Coronet and then do the round Coronet loop. And had some sunglasses on, got up to the top, and as I kind of dropped into the track, the corners were still in the shadows. Every right turn, I couldn't even see. So I stopped yeah. and took my glasses off, and the light just kind of caught this. Well, I had some – the um, gloss on my bar was like peeling off a bit. Um, it's peeling off all over the bars, but there was a new piece peeled off, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And I kind of just pushed it with my thumb, and it flaked off like quite a big piece. And then the, the light kind of caught, and I was like, oh, there's a – that looks like a crack. I thought, nah. So I sort of like polished it up a bit, got some classic um, coronet sand onto it and gave it a bit of a rub and sort of couldn't really see it again. And I thought, oh, I'll do a few more turns and just stop and have another look. So I did some more corners and then I could see the crack even more after like another couple of minutes. So yeah, that was probably lucky that I found it then as opposed to 20 Ks later when I was right around the back of Coronet by myself. And or you hadn't done that. There. Or you hadn't done that huge ride you were thinking about doing, getting the urn floor across the other side of the lake. Well, that I was going to do on a gravel bike, fortunately. <laughs> ah, right. So that would have been right. But um, either way, it would have been a bad way to finish my weekend yeah. and potentially finish my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not ideal, but um, those <gasps> will be coming off the bike as soon as I get it out of the bag and going straight in the bin. That Seems was, like we're all, all having issues with getting bikes out of bags at the moment. It's a common common problem on coming home, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I got uh, Enduro National Champs this weekend, Cable Bay Enduro. So the downhill bike. Okay. You forgot about Ali. 
You forgot about Ellie Hasselbosch, the person I don't really know anything about. Oh, winning national champs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just we were just telling tales of national champs. I wasn't really recapping it that much, but... Um... Oh, I thought we were going to recap. <laughs> well, uh, Ellie Hasselbosch, that Red Dog still thinks he doesn't know anything about. Um, one I thought I know about her. Yeah, so first year junior, so she, uh, she was up against current world champ, Eris Van Leeuwen. Um, I also have Sasha Ernest, uh, Poppy Lane, the three girls that were on the podium at World Champs last yep. year. So, no, she rode well. I don't know whether she was Did happy she... to win or happier that she was getting a post race interview on the podcast. She was pretty stoked when I asked her to come do an interview. I'm doing it. That's right. <laughs> was, was Benoit um, happier to be getting a post race interview or like just happy to be in Queenstown, you know? Um, out here racing and riding and socialising. I felt like Ben making didn't know what I was actually talking about <laughs> or therefore. <laughs> I think he was very confused. I think he maybe just thought I was a fan who wanted to like record a conversation with him. <laughs> almost almost definitely. Well, you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not far off, you're right. That's uh, the new thing, eh? It's like going out to pros and instead of getting a selfie, you just put a phone in their face and interview them. Yeah, that's it. I've got to say that um, that post-race interview pod came out pretty well, so that was legit. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it's had it's had a good reception, and they're quite fun. They're good to do, so I enjoy them. Um, no, if, you, of, if you're a big-time investor, someone should fly you around the world to do those at World Cups, Kerry. Like, they should. If you've, I don't know, maybe got a private jet or something. I don't know. There, there might be people listening to this podcast with private jets. Well, I mean, even if you had a wake boat, you could probably, you know, probably be sweet too. Mm. We could do yeah. that just on the wake boat. You know what? I actually realized that we missed a lot of stuff from National Chance because, um, I mean, initially coming into it, it seemed like it was going to be a bit of a flop with not many people there, but it ended up being a very, very competitive field because uh, Benoit showed up and raced, Emery Perron, um, Dylan Maples, Ashina Callahan. Um, who else was there? Matt Walker. Oh, Matt Walker, Greg Williamson. It was a pretty stacked international field that showed up and uh, got amongst it, which was quite cool. And we were we were the rest of the Kiwis, though, Karen. At uh, Hurt Line, is that what it's called? Or Hard Line. Hard Line, sorry. There was only four of them over there. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Was only Come four. on. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It was still it would have been a better race if they'd been here racing downhill. That's true. I'll tell you what though, it, it bodes pretty well for, you know, the coming coming summers. Um we talked about this a bit over the weekend, but there is an opportunity for a real good like pre season, pre World Cup season money race held in New Zealand. Like all yeah. these guys are coming out here. Mm. Um I was gonna do my homework on this but I didn't, but it'd be really interesting to know how much of the like top 20 World Cup field have been down to New Zealand in the last couple of years because you'd say fair, fair number of them yeah mm. the last couple of years for sure it's um it's been a bunch and then I see um like some of the guys from Hardline have turned up over in New Zealand this week um obviously mm-hmm. gone from Tassie to here it's all Ronan Dunn's in Queenstown this week and then um I mean there's a bunch of people leaving actually Miriam Nicole's there as well. She didn't race, but uh, Valley Hole raced. So 
It was mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah, you could put on a a a money race in Queenstown. I think it would be pretty highly contested at this time of year. Shall we um pull together all of our OGB income and um put a prize pool up the OTB open? Uh, well, do you think it'd be worthwhile? Currently, I mean, if we fronted all the expenses, then we would probably be be able to um, put up a prize pool of about a bag of popcorn, thirty eight dollars maybe. <laughs> do you think they'd come for that? Well, really, well, it's just about legitimacy, legitimacy of the event, not so much the prize. It depends how much merch uh, our listeners start buying as to how big the prize pool will get. So oh, there you go. There's the a more good... merch. The uh, the bigger the prize pool and the There's more riders we can get. I reckon we could appeal to Smith and to um, probably um, to, uh, like a few few spot prizes, few giveaways. Like you get a, yeah. a Wildcats if you if you take the W. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, it could could go alright. You know. Well, I mean, what about if someone if someone can secure a big money prize? We'll put the race on. Are we making them pay an entry fee? And, um, is that all? <laughs> no, that's all. Someone, someone can fund it. We'll give we'll them an ATB hat if they can. Um, if they can secure us a big, mm. a big money prize pool. Don't give away too many of those. We're running out of them. Well, I've, mine's still pretty clean. Oh, that's all right. You can imagine it, still got the imagine sticker on cause. it. Oh no, I took the sticker off. Mine's ah. technically second hand. It's used. Yeah. Used goods. Imagine that track or a new one, like a new. Coronet track lined top to bottom with fans and like the whole top 20 World Cup racing for like 50 grand or something. Yeah, Ooh, that'd be, that'd that'd be, be sweet. sweet. From what I've heard from a few different people is that they are like pushing pretty hard to get a World Cup there. Mm. Um, yeah, I've heard that rumor floating around. There's it a, would there's have a, to be early of... in the season though. It would have to be like the opening round because, you know, if you leave it too late, obviously it turns to winter. I'm sure they get a you know another couple of months out from but, here, but it would have to be early. Yeah, that wouldn't be a problem though, because the season the season needs to be longer. Like it needs to be stretched out. Mind you, having said that, with um, with global warming, we're all fucked anyway. There is not going to be a winter up Coronet Peak. I think that's why they're um, putting this resource consent in for like multiple mountain bike tracks so that they can operate all year round. It's yeah. But certainly the word on the street is that that's in their 25-year plan is to mm. replant the hill and turn into a mountain bike park and move all the mountain biking off the gondola Skyline. hill. Skyline, yeah. Um, out to the yeah, Skyline hill. Well, you look at all that's the stuff cool. they're building down off the bottom, like all those trails down off the bottom as well, and it's like it's a pretty, yeah. pretty awesome hill for it. Yeah. That's, that's a sick pretty hill, amazing. that's for sure. Yeah, put a gondola up from the bottom. Double Can't gondola. Do that Atlas afterwards, though. Eh? From there, hard, yeah, to that attitude. hard to find a seated Atlas. Yeah, <laughs> they might have to open. It's the hard one to on, find a an on mountain Atlas. It's hard to find I your mates. Find a seat there because you guys didn't even invite me. It's hard to find your mates when they tell you they're going to Smith and they don't even show up there. <laughs> it was just a minor technicality. Yeah, it was Byron. Don't see the details. Um, we were talking about people not being at national champs and uh, Hardline was on which most of us did did any of you guys actually make it all the way to the end we tried watching it on Saturday night I went to bed, I got bored Me too. I watched it to the very end the bitter end it was interesting it, 
I mean, look, this is from a, a viewer's perspective, right? And a, and a fan of racing's perspective, not from someone who was there or whatever else, but it did seem like quite a, it seemed like a little bit of a confused event from a distance. You know, you're watching the racing and you're tuning in for it. And because it's like a invite only field, you kind of go, okay, cool. Like everyone here is worth watching. And the first 10 guys are all free ride guys, which mm. is cool, you know, no shade on them, but, they weren't it's racing. Tough watch though. So then you're watching it going like, well, like I'm not watching the times fall here. I'm not watching it get tighter and tighter and tighter as you move through the field. And then you get the first kind of racer through, I think um, it was Connor, maybe. Connor Fair and kind of laid down the first heater. Yeah. Really. yeah and, he, and it's like, okay, cool. So now we're racing. And it, it sort of, I don't know, that sort of put a bit of a damper on how good it was to actually follow and watch. And then, you know, and then, the coverage was sort of good, but it sort of felt like you were watching kind of like a, a kind of a manufactured event um, that was sort of put on mainly for the for the hype, not for mm. the racing in a way. It didn't. Uh, um, it didn't do the course justice. I think was part of the problem. No, like when you watch the um, you know GoPro runs and you know phone footage and stuff on Instagram and that like. It looked pretty awesome, you know, like some of that stuff looks massive and the course looked really actually, apart from the fact it had some monstrous jumps and drops in it, like watching them ride the course, it looked really fun to do laps on. But then when you're watching the like TV footage, it was just, I don't know, like it just didn't do it justice. Like it looked kind of boring. No. I don't think. No, it, that's um, kind of what I mean. It's like. I don't think it was helped by the conditions either. Like the dappled light, you just couldn't see any trail mm. feature that was in the trees. The only yeah, features that yeah. stood out were the, yeah, were the kind of like eight features on the trail. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Cam McKenzie today about Hardline and he said it was like the vibe over there was insane and all the riders were just frothing it. Yeah. And I think that come across pretty well in some of the, um, Instagram posts and, and videos that I've seen like the riders want to be doing that stuff they like the course I actually in mm. hindsight think it was a good cor- a good racetrack but the thing which made it really cool was not the features the features make people go oh ah but the actual racing happens between the features and mm. it would seem that like everyone was hyped on it so I think I would hope that next time round they don't just invite a whole bunch of free riders into it because they don't mm. do that in Wales. No. So mm. no, they did this year though. This year just gone. That was the first year they did that. Like they brought on a heap of people who you know had big right. followers and, and, and whatnot, and then they couldn't race mm. it because of True. the rain. So yeah. the guys like Matt Jones and, and all those guys were there. Yeah, they were there um, too. I don't Good know point. if all of them were going to race. Like I think the idea was that they were going to be there and do some coverage. I mean, it's pretty obvious that a big part of it is the reach piece right like yeah. the, the riders are probably partly selective for their their reach mm. the, welsh, social, but... the welsh one seems a lot more technical like big lippy mm. jumps technical jumps um yeah super super technical riding um rocks and things like that whereas this seemed like just really fast you know like big long jumps mm. like Whereas I feel mm. like the ones in Wales had some real techy and like tricky um, like yeah, hip jumps like and hips, on-offs yeah. and like some jumps that you kind of like some drops that you had to really kind of like get your line in coming into them to make. And yeah, it seemed, to, it seemed quite different in that aspect, which no 
yeah, nothing nothing wrong with it. I think it actually probably goes to show how this could be quite a cool off series, offside series to the World Cup, where you'll get these different styles of hardline um, tracks, so to speak. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because yeah. mm. what I heard is that they want to do a four race series next year uh, of this, and so I mean yes, maybe we'll thing, though, like- see some guys who become hardline specialists. I, I think that girls. like that could be awesome if if there was like I think if that's what it became and it was you know interesting slightly different more challenging or whatever um, tracks and the guys were like everyone was there was racing then I think it could turn into like a a really compelling series to watch but mm. if it still sort of again this is from a viewer's perspective but if it still looks like part kind of free ride event, part race event, part social media kind of activation, It's it, it can be a little bit difficult to follow. I think yeah. one thing that was pretty cool is like that massive double that they had at the bottom of the track was fucking cool. Like more of that in downhill races, just big booters out in the open because mm. it's impressive to watch. And when you see how fast those guys are going over that stuff, it's, it's gnarly. Mm, I can't believe Louise like Ferguson that. still hit it after her two oh, massive crashes oh, in her run. Yeah, like, that's what, a, man props. what an absolute trooper. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, totally. That's very, um, that says a lot about those those girls that raced as well, that they were, the yeah. two, that mm. they were able to race because because they had everything. Like, mm. That shit must be no joke, man. No. Like there's, you can have all the big features you want, but if the track in between doesn't separate anyone and create good racing, then it's not. You're going to lose any sort of intrigue, eh? I think. Mm, yeah, totally. And like, well, it's the, still racing. Uh, it has to be race focused, not free ride focused. And that's what it has to be in order to be a series, right? To go from being like a, a cool kind of one-off event, which is kind of interesting and a bit different, to like a race series that people follow then it needs to be, you know, there needs to be a stronger racing component in it. Um, yeah, because it also, like... What it, that's all from a viewer's perspective, right? What is, How like... About? Uh, you also found, like, Rob and Elliot fall flat because they've got nothing to talk about. Like, there's nothing yeah. differentiating uh, anyone. It's just... I what, that, that, that part was a little bit embarrassing as well. Though. Like, there were points where, this, where the guys were talking about, like, Rob was talking about what filming these guys like to do and what content they like to create and everything and and you're sitting there going like that's pretty weird filler like yeah this guy mm. loves creating videos when he's at home on you know his bike blah blah I was like, okay cool yeah he's a social media star we get it but like are we commenting a race here or yeah. are we just providing filler because they're incredible in the racing like, yeah they should just yeah, have two exactly. categories you should be it should be a speed category and a style category. And then well, they, they could, run they on could two mix it together days. and they could call it speed and style and you could Ooh. get points for doing tricks. That would be progressive. They could call it speed or style. Speed, speed I think and, it should be speed or, and or, style. or style. And or. Speed and or style. <laughs> you can choose. You can have it. You can have both. You can have one or the other. It's up to you. Why not have both? Do they have separate podiums or do we somehow? <laughs> Who gets the jersey though? <laughs> oh, good question. Is it a speed? Uh, is it a speed jersey or a style jersey? Yeah. Um. I mean, what what is very cool? I don't know what the dollars were, but it sounds like I had good prize money. So, um, oh, I'm sure that's it, pretty sweet. Sure it probably was pretty decent. 
if you think about the fact that if if they pull together four rounds of that plus crankworks, oh, we've lost less um, downhills, which <laughs> seem to be getting more. Jesus, he's um, having a rough night tonight. If they can pull that together, just that or just the other. Big brothers watching. Good. Um, I didn't really have much more after Hardline. I don't know if we're going to get Lester back or not, but how he was? Uh, he yeah, he's he's gone. We've lost him to he's the Waikato. Gone. Are we are we doing this all again next year? Are we are we going to national champs or are we just going riding somewhere? Is national champs going to be in Rotorua? From what I hear. Maybe maybe I'm uh, breaking some sort of embargo, but that's what I've heard. But if we're doing like this I need all to again, ride my down a bike once I'm, a year. I'm taking my trail bike as well, though. Like, <laughs> like what was it? Saturday. We didn't practice until one thirty. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I'm, but it I'm was going raining, so laps on the trail there. bike. Yeah, two, not in the morning. Two whole hours of practice. Rotorua yeah. is drivable though, so we can bring both bikes. Mm. Yeah, are we doing the triple header yeah. Rotorua? Like take the take the XC bike, the downhill bike, and the trail bike. We'll do a triathlon. Yeah, um, oh, Kira, you were so. going to talk about the national false economy champs happening this weekend. Oh, the national um, false economy. Yeah, okay, the enduro champs. Yeah. No, I was just saying I've uh, I've dragged myself into those. I was supposed to be racing the. Um, Summer Series event in uh, Crankworx Summer Series in Christchurch, mostly because I wanted to just keep racing my downhill bike. So I was pretty much just saying that the downhill bike is probably just going to live on in the bike bag for quite a bit longer because I have zero reason to get it out now. <laughs> done my done my two downhill races this season, and I don't have any of the foreseeable future. So who knows when that thing will come back out? But. but Okay, what, why don't you just take it with you on the next sales trip, like your next your next work trip to Queenstown? Just take it take it with you, throw it in the van and, and go and hit some laps. That'd be pretty good actually. It's not a bad idea. You got dead idea. <sighs> come with you. Up, sounds fun. He's come yeah. he's Richie, in the wrong nation for national champs, but Yeah, Richie Root is in town. Um Yeah, it's gonna be some it's gonna be a decent race. Charlie Murray, Eddie Masters. Mentally going out for a ride with uh that would be good. Richie tomorrow. Go and show on some local trails. Oh, yeah. So I haven't seen him in a while, so it'll be a nice little catch up. Are you getting him in the hot seat? Working Do our listeners it. get to hear from We're working yeah, on there it. You go. Yeah, there might be a yep. might be a Richie Rude in the hot seat coming down the track, so He's a Ooh. Smith guy, isn't he? Oh that'd be fantastic. He is. Yeah, he's, he's a Smith, Smith guy. guy. Oh. He's a Smith guy. So yep. there you go. Cross promotion. He's obliged. Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll he's a guy that, that you could say to him, "Hey, what's your favorite? What's your favorite glasses that you're running at the moment?" He'll give you a straight answer. He actually will. Yeah, he'll be also, good. Also, I remember the time that I met Richie and I shook his hand, and it was like having my hand shaken by a bear, like <laughs> yeah. big, massive pause. Yeah, fucking hell, give yeah. me my hand back. He I'm is awesome, little, eh? I'm a little bit worried. He'll tear me to pieces tomorrow, but it's all right. Oops. No. Maybe I'll take. Maybe I'll take the e-bike. He's good to follow, man. He's his brutal way. Yep. He, Just he can stuff. corner like no other. Yeah. No, absolute weapon. So good. Well, yeah. I think we've lost Lester for good. So um, there's probably a good chance yeah. to sign off. And, um, yeah. 
we'll see if we can um, see if we can pull Lester out of the weeds for the next episode. But thanks, boys, and um, if you've been watching on YouTube, congratulations, you've made it this far. Um, like, like, share, subscribe. Um, if you're listening through Apple or Spotify, make sure you give us a rating and also subscribe and tell a friend. You know, you tell a friend, they tell a friend. Help us grow, buy some merch, support the sponsors that support us. We'll see you next time. What's up? Whoa, 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 whoa. I come from the land of doubt on Poison is better. Read the label carefully. I'm only here for the show. I love hip hop too much to let you feed my ego. In the key of F U C K Y O U. I mean, why do I owe you if you're not helping me through? I mean, why do I owe you if you're obstructing my view? Success is not my castle, just a house that's brand new. You see, I irrigate the culture, give it shape like a sculpture. Still complicated, drop like I'm supposed to be. L I T Z like my DJ. Rock to the rhythm like you rock to what he plays.